Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Happy to have you as always. It is your illustrious host with the most, Hopsy baby boy. Self-proclaiming yourselves illustrious is a new low for myself, but folks, this is episode number 35. Um, when I think of number 35, I actually, you know, there's there's no real NHL superstar off the top of my head that I could think of. I'm obviously relating this to hockey. If you're talking about basketball, maybe a Kevin Durant, probably the only one I can think of. Uh, but in hockey, Tony Esposito, goaltender, um, made famous with the Chicago Blackhawks. That'd be a number. I'd love to see them bring it back. Wouldn't that be sweet? Ha <laughs> ha. Folks, I uh, thought I'd have this episode out a couple days ago. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but uh, I'm piecing it together. It is Monday as I uh, record this, April 12th. Uh, the interview portion of this episode on number 35 was recorded last uh, Tuesday, I believe. I believe it might have been. It was the same day I released the last podcast, episode number 34. So this one is going to be something different, something fun. I apologize if the audio isn't that great because the, we kind of just went on a limb here. I got my two good friends who were on their way back home. They were in Canada. They were just playing hockey over in France in the top league over there. And because of Canadian rules, regulations, uh, people traveling back to the country have to quarantine. And they had to quarantine in a hotel in Montreal and they were quarantining together. And I was talking to them on the phone and I ended up being like, well, boys, like, do you want to do a quick pod? And they um, ended up being up for it. So we recorded it. Ended up doing it on Zoom, which I don't like to do, but the usual application I use wasn't working for some reason. We made it work. They used an AirPod, AirPods, and uh, one guy had one in one ear and one had one in the other. So I apologize if the audio isn't immaculate, but I just thought it'd be something cool to have happen, especially after I did the, the Three Axemen episode. A lot of, had a lot of good reception around that. Uh, it was a funny dynamic of us all leaving home, just reflecting on the bit of hockey we played. And I'm catching these two guys uh, finishing their first pro season over in France. Both of these guys are in their second year's pro professionally in hockey. I played with these guys for four years straight at, at Nipissing University. And I mean, we, we, we touched on it multiple times, how we could have literally talked forever. And we could have recorded 17 podcasts because I have played with these guys a long time. Tons of memories. I tried to keep it uh, more focused on this current situation this year, what they've been up to since graduating school in some recent memory, we'll call it. So I think I had a good a good time doing it. It was a quite a long interview. I'm not sure after we cut pieces of it how long it'll be, but it'll definitely be over an hour. So I'm not going to take too much of your time pre-interview, but um, I had a good time doing that. And I hope that this is uh, something interesting because, I mean, I had a good conversation. I just tried to basically press record as soon as possible because you know the, the more we catched up before we press record the more stories unfold so basically what you got there was just us talking on speakerphone it was pretty fun though i think it'll be really interesting to some people and i mean i had a good time doing it so at the end of the day who gives a horn all right i have a bit of a bone to pick um i had an absolute brutal sunday i was in i was in the dumps and uh my own due to my own accord I went to go put on my Apple Watch I have an Apple Watch Series 3 that I got in a really good deal last spring never thought I'd be an Apple Watch guy never thought I'd be a wearable technology guy thought that it was kind of stupid but once I got it and I kind of like enjoyed having it I got it originally because I wanted a heart rate monitor and then I got that and then I got used to just I just got sucked into the Apple Watch world I got used to it I loved it and yesterday Go to just just go to put it on. I was grabbing it off the sink. I was just in the shower, 
and I was going to wrap, put it on my wrist, and it just slipped out of my hand. And you know when like phones, anything, all these Apple products, any product, Android too, whatever, when you drop it and you hear that perfectly like flat sound, and it was on the tile in the bathroom, I just heard it, and I knew I didn't even have to pick it up. I was like, this fucking thing's broken. This thing is trashed. And of course, I pick it up. It's just shattered. I was instantly so mad, and like like filled with rage. Not because, like, well, it's my own fault. Like, first world problem, no shit. But, like, you're telling me it's 2021 and we can't make a non-breakable screen? Like, are we for real here? Are we going to, like, tell me we can't make a touch screen that doesn't break. And, yeah, sure, it lasts a lot of impacts probably. And I know a lot of guys that, like, wear them when they play hockey. A lot of construction guys wear theirs all the time. Roofers wear theirs all the time and stuff like that. And they last long. But this should be able to survive a fall. And I granted, I shouldn't be dropping it for sure face down. But you're telling me it's 2021. We don't have that technology. Steve Jobs be, should be rolling in his fucking grave. Shouldn't be. Or some piece. Don't want to talk about it about the debt. But he would be rolling in his grave, I think. If he knew that this kind of conduct was going on. Another bone to pick. Not before it was broken. But this goes for the phones too. Like you go for a run. You go for a bike. You're sweaty. You know, you're trying to get to your watch. You're trying to... You, may, you might have beat your time. You're trying to shut that watch off immediately, but you got a little bit of bead of sweat on the tip of your fingers and you can't get the thing to stop. You're telling me there's not technology that we can't have a touchscreen with a little bit of a wet hand. First of all, phones should be completely waterproof. I should be able to swim underwater and go on TikTok for an hour if I want to and hold my breath because that should be an option I have. It's horseshit. They want these things to break so we just keep making money for them. Just, we're just printing money for Apple. Apple's an absolute cult. But I'm way too far in. I'm never going to stop now. I can't get off it now. I'm looking for another watch as I speak. Hopefully, I'll get one in the next day or two because it's sad. You know, you do a workout now without being able to track it on your Apple Watch. It's like, what's the point? Fuck. What's the point of even doing it? Why even do it then? If I don't have a watch, why even care? Might as well go to McDonald's. Might as well have a pizza. Just put my feet up. There's no. If I can't track it on my fitness watch, why do it? Sad to say, I never, but I have had one for less than a year and I'm totally hooked. And the thing, I, I never, I didn't think I wanted an Apple Watch. Like, <clears throat> they got these whoosh bands and stuff. I'm really intrigued by the whoosh band. If you don't know what that is, look into it. A lot of people are wearing those. Those tell you a lot more than any other fitness tracker I've heard of. But I like the Apple Watch because, you know, you get the texts on your phone. Like, if someone's calling you, you can see who it is. You can answer it on the watch and just literally just walk like you're, you know, keep the same kind of arm movement. I'm really into that. I like tracking my bike rides. My I don't run a lot, but I'm trying to. I'm trying to start the running game, which what a battle that is. I actually have such disrespect for anyone who runs because it's such a horrifically unenjoyable sport, but I'm trying to get into it, trying to get into it. But I like how it has that capability. And, you know, I, I love apps like Strava, you know, track your miles, track your hours, see how long you're working out. You know, it's fun. Why not? Keep a better track of it. That's the way I look at it. But I just think it's asinine that we don't have the technology to stop. Like, come on. It's a, it's just sinful. Every, like, I can't, the amount of money I've given to Apple and anyone else has, like, it's it's foolish. I'm pretty sure in this last year, like, I might be confusing them with Facebook, but they had, like, one of the most foolish half years in history of, like, financial, is that the word we're saying? Just the, the way they just, the last year for them has been foolish. And, I don't see any plan for that to be stopping. But the moral of the story is make a fucking unbreakable screen. Make an unbreakable phone. Make a waterproof screen and a waterproof phone. Okay? That's all we need, man.
You can tell me I can dive into the freaking lake with my Apple Watch on, but I can't use the, the screen with a wet finger? Someone smarten up over there, okay? We don't need to hire 17,000 guys to innovate nothing. We're innovating nothing. How about we get the screen unbreakable? Let's get the, the touch screen a little bit sweatproof, okay? Especially for a guy that dumps sweat like me. Like, I could be sitting there, I'll never get pitters. I just always say that. Like, I, I was never worried about getting, like, sweaty armpits just sitting there. But, like, I get up and do, like, 30... If I do one rep in dodgeball, I get up there for 30 seconds in gym class and throw two balls, I'll be pouring sweat. I go for a 30-second shift in floor hockey at gym class in eighth grade, pouring in sweat. Disgusting, most disgusting kid in school. I used to... I just owned it. Like, I used to think, well, I don't sweat when I'm just sitting there. Like, I have a reason to sweat, so, like, I shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Even, like, I remember when I was young, like, you know, you're trying to tear up the dance floors when you're, like, first going, as I say, I'm only 26. But when I was really young, like, first going to, like, the clubs and dance bars, whew, keep your hands off of me, man. I would be, I'd have a glisten to me. It looked like I was buttered up. But once you get moving, man, I don't know. You get the heart rate pumping. I like to get a little bit of a leak on. And I, I've come to love it. Like, if I don't sweat hard every day, I feel, like, gross. I feel like I haven't, like, flushed my system out. And that's why I always say, like, I mean, I never want to skip weights. You can't skip your weights, but you got to have you got to have your cardio. I think daily, I think five, six days a week, you got to be doing your cardio and you got to be flushing that system. You know, one day a week, you can bottle up all the sin you can put in there. You know, you can drink as many beers as you can fit in your yap for sure. That's important as well. But you got to flush it out and, I, and you got to be drinking your four liters of water a day. You got to be getting it out of there. And I don't know how this tailed off from an Apple Watch conversation, but that's just how I feel. Folks, episode number 35. We're going to kick it over to the interview segment here. Had a great time. Um, let's see how it goes. And um, uh, we'll talk to you in a little bit. All right? <laughs> no, no, never, never, never worry that there's going to be a sponsorship ad or anything, eh? Isn't that nice when you listen to this show? You can just be like, damn. Damn, this Harps, this Hopsy guy sure got his shit figured out. He knows what we want to hear. And that's what I bring to you, viewer. Or should I say Listener. What you want to hear, episode number 35, some interviews segment. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from our little break there on the project. Here we are with the program's interview segment here for episode number 35. And it is honestly an absolute joy to be joined by two former teammates of mine. We all, all three of us attended the illustrious university, Nipsing University in North Bay, Ontario, often deemed the Harvard of the North. Um, I'm talking with my two friends here, Colin Campbell and Eric Robichaud. Colin from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, and Eric from the Timmins, Ontario region. Uh, both just commence, finishing the commencement of their uh, season here in the top French league, the League Magnus. Uh, both men are in their second year of professional hockey. Um, after, as I mentioned, graduating from the university sports ranks here in Canada. Um, I'm joined by them as they are currently on quarantine, stuck in a hotel room in Montreal. So I, uh, it was my journalistic duty to get my thumb beat on the story and get a hold of these two guys. I thought it'd be hilarious after having the three Axemen episode a couple weeks back when we had myself, Chance Petruic, and Jaron Legion telling tales in a Nashville hotel room. We now have an episode flipping the script, different league, different scenario, but we're catching some men coming home from their season. And I thought it'd be a great time to catch up with them. I haven't really talked with them myself, so this can be the perfect opportunity. So welcome to the show, Reg, Colin, and uh, Roby. Eric, how are you guys doing? 
Yeah, RPC, I'm kind of losing it here in Montreal, just locked in the hotel, but uh, excited to catch up with you. It's been a while. Absolutely. Eric, how are you doing over there, buddy? Things are good. Uh, long few days, but uh, looking forward to be back home in Canada. Absolutely. So um, this is actually just kind of a hysterical scenario. I mean, you guys two being locked up, just you guys flew back into Canada on Sunday. We're recording this on a Tuesday night and the two of you are not going to be free from quarantine, but you'll be free from the hotel room. Colin making his way back to Nova Scotia, the Cape Breton region, and then you, Roby, will making your way to Timmins. Um, let's just talk quickly, though, about the, the season that was. I mean, you guys were over there in a very unique year, obviously it being the COVID year, which I'm sure in all of sports, not, not just hockey, will be referred to from here on out. And, I mean, you guys were lucky not only to have a good opportunity to play in a really good league, but honestly, it just seems like you were lucky to get out of North America in some ways and you got a full year of hockey in. And let's just touch, touch on that. I mean, it wasn't your, either of your first year of pro. We'll, we'll touch a little bit on other places you've played. But how was your experience heading over to France for the, your first year over there? And just touch a little bit on generally how it was. Uh, well, the start of the season was, uh, it was a really good experience. Um, it's kind of crazy actually seeing the cases. It was like 60, 70,000 a day. So we were just getting, uh, we were ready to get shut down at any time. But uh, I think we got like eight games in where there was fans. I mean, we could do whatever we want to go to restaurants and stuff. So, I mean, we had a brief, brief taste of it all. But after that, we got shut down for, I don't know, it'll be like three months maybe. Yeah, I think it was two months and we yeah. went back for a little bit. And then they got shut down again. So we had like two little stints where, well, I guess big stints where we would we would only get to practice. And then uh, they kept saying, you know, we'll see it next week. We'll see what happens next week. And that went on for long period, periods of time. And then, uh, um, well, for a, whole, for a whole entire eight months there, we only ended up playing 22 games. So that was a little unfortunate. But, I mean, better than none, I guess. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. not to interrupt. When you say 22 games, was that – do you guys get any exhibition games in or what? Because I noticed you guys were over there like – I didn't play a full season the spill, but like, fuck, I got 15 games in down there. Like, you guys were over there for a long fucking time. Like, Roby, you went over the last day of August. Reg, when did you head over there? Early August. And you guys only got 22 games or did you get any exhibition games in? Yeah, I think we played uh, eight exhibition games, maybe seven. Uh, we played an NLB team. Uh, and I think just in the league, like we had a mini tournament. So I think we played, yeah, I think seven, like tune up games. So not a lot, I guess, really. And then what, like, did, was you guys right into season? And then when did your season technically start? And then it, it just ended this past weekend, right? Uh, no. like a, yeah. started like October 18th, I think. Yeah. And it finished about, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, our last game was like uh, March. What? I don't know. We stayed a week and then we came home. So ten days ago, ten days from now, I think. Week and a half ish there. Did you guys yeah. get playoffs in as a league, or was that kind of shut down? Yeah, no, nothing at all. Everything got shut down. So you went out there and just played twenty games, and then what? They just keep the standings, and that was it. Yeah, that that was the hardest part, honestly. Like where we were in the standings, we were fighting for like. Uh, between five and eight and 
I think there was five games left. We had like uh, three games and four nights, which was rare because we were playing once a week. And then they were just like, no, uh, show over. Like, we're not going to have playoffs. Uh, Rouen at the time was in first. They lost one game all year. They're like, we're just going to give them the trophy. So we had five games where it was like, yeah, boys, like, we play these and then smell you later. Really, eh? So you had five games left in the year and you, like, not to say you packed it in, but I mean, mentally, you got to, your give a fuck factor has got to change pretty quickly when that's on the table. Yeah, for sure. That's the hardest part, trying to get motivated for any game. and kind of can't, like, well, you can, but it's hard to, it's hard to want to play, especially when you're playing three games in four nights, body just takes a beating and Especially when you're not doing that every week, like you're yeah. only playing once a week. Yeah, um, we took the crazy part about that is we took 18 days off before those uh, three and four. <laughs> yeah, like, we played. I think uh, Friday, Saturday, and then it was 18 ga- 18 days, and then we played the top two teams in the league, one of which were on an 11 game winning streak, three nights and four days. So it was a. Uh, it was a, it was an experience anyway. Now over there in the French league, like, do you guys like is is it the same kind of as like North America style? Like, are you skating every day? Do you get more time off? Like these eighteen day breaks between games, like you're not practicing every second. Or are you getting like a little bit of time off? Yeah. So at the start of the season, it was pretty pretty similar to home. You're kind of going about it the same way, but of course with the COVID breaks and. Uh, these long period breaks, we would get like a week off here and there, but with all the restrictions going on in France, we'd be kind of locked in. So it was almost better to be practicing and stuff. At least we could get out of the house. Have something to do. Yeah, have something to do. See the guys, you know, just uh, kill some kill some time. And that's kind of that's kind of was the toughest part about this year. Is like France had this crazy curfew. It was a six o'clock curfew. So. You get out of the rink and you kind of have to rush home or rush to the grocery store, and then you just pretty much spend your night in. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, such a wild experience. Not, I mean, you still got to be there and whatnot, but I mean, obviously, very different from what other years would be. Um, both of you guys, like I mentioned, had you know, this wasn't your first year of pro. I mean, all three of us did five years at NIP, but you guys are 93s, whereas I'm a 94. So, this is your second year in the pro ranks. What is your thoughts on the French league, the top league? Like, in, I've never played there. I've never seen a game played, but I feel like it has a reputation of a good league that's pretty hard to get into. What, what was the level of hockey like? Are there good players out there? Or like, how was it? Just, what are your take on it from your perspective? And, you know, both of you guys playing levels of hockey at, you know, multiple different places and all over the world now. Uh, I think this year, just based off of guys that, I've previously played against kind of just like looking how they did in the league. I was like, Oh God, this, this league might be pretty competitive. And then this year where they're one of the only leagues going at the, at the start of the year, a lot of guys were looking for jobs. So they were just signing and the few teams with big budgets. So there was a lot and a lot of good players this year. So every, every night, like, was super competitive there was there was really honestly no easy games um there was one team that was far from the playoff pitcher but even the two times we played them like 
yeah, they were they were really tough to play against. They had like a lot of good players, and I, I was like actually taken back about how competitive the league was. Yeah, so what's what's the import rules like over there? Is there, there's obviously a lot of French players at being a French league, but what's the rules for Canadians or guys from other countries? Um, for imports, I think we're allowed ten. We had nine, but you're allowed ten, and I think it goes based off how many French guys you dress. So you're allowed to have ten like imports, but you always have to have a certain amount of French players dressed every night. So imports is just anyone out of France. It doesn't just mean like North Americans, right? Yeah, anywhere out of France. So we had uh, like we had a few uh, Finnish imports, a few Russian imports this year. So it's nice, you know, you get to meet guys from all over the world and see what they're all, see what it's all about. You'll uh, you'll love this, Hopsy. Just I was just thinking, like Roby said, uh, Russian imports. We have a uh, we had a forty year old. Russian on the team. We all called him Pappy. He played in the KHL for a while. Like he, he's seen some stuff, but his son was actually his D partner. <laughs> like, no, on your team? Yeah, like he was forty. His son's twenty, and they're D partners on our team. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah, oh, this guy's forty. I looked him up right now. I got him. Wow, we got to get him on the pod. And his son was literally his D partner. You can't even make that up. Yeah, he, uh, me and Roby both uh, roomed with him at least once this year, and and he he has seen it all. Like he's Does he seen speak something. English. Yeah, he's pretty good at English, actually. Andre Esipov is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Who's his son? Uh, Ivan. Ivan, that's oh fuck that. that that's actually hysterical. Um, they couldn't be different as human beings. Do <laughs> <laughs> you imagine playing with your old man in pro hockey? Um, do you guys find like, what's it like? In, like, I find the way they develop players, like they're young, good players in countries over in Europe is absolutely fucking asinine to me. Like where they, they, they still just like plug in like 16 year olds that are French in your guys' lineup every now and then. Uh, I, we had one like really young kid, but for the most part, it's so different in France. Like when you're in midget, you want to make junior and then junior, you want to go. Uh, CIS or like uh, AHL, depending on how you do. But here it's kind of like you have the U18, U19, U20. And like we had a lot of 20-year-olds. Not a lot of 20-year-olds, but like 20 to 24 on the team this year. And it's like that's your plateau in France unless you want to leave. So for most of the young kids on like our team anyways, it's like – they're kind of stuck right now, just developing. They're obviously getting better. I mean, you could tell a huge difference from September till now, but they're just playing like a fourth line, third line kind of role. But what's nice, but what's nice for them is they get to play like some of the kids play for all three teams. They play like the U20, Division One, and Magnus. Like we'll get back from a road trip on a Saturday night at like three in the morning. They'll leave right away to go play a Sunday game with the D1 or the U20. So they end up getting a lot more games in than we do. Jeez, that'd be also that'd be insane like that. But I mean, if you you could get a lot of different games and at some different levels, it might be that actually be kind of hilarious. And I mean, the stuff like that is just so. I love hearing that stuff because it's obviously so different from the setup that's we're so used to and accustomed to over in North America. But um, you guys touched a little bit on like, you guys played an MLB team, and now that's for those who don't know, that's Switzerland's second league team, and Switzerland is 
of how like honestly those leagues are no fucking joke. What was it like playing in an LB team? Uh, what's his name, Roby? Uh, Pius Suter, the guy from Chicago. Yeah, he was he was playing for them. And you, how long ago was he playing in Chicago? Like, like he, right he, now. Right now he's like the rookie in Chicago. Like oh, two. just at the start of the year before. Yeah, he, before you guys played against him. Yeah, we played against him. He was good. I mean, they're just the like their hockey's uh like like you said they're a powerhouse and uh, I don't know it was really nice fast hockey was good. Was um, would you was it all in Olympic ice over there? Yeah, yeah like uh, I mean, even like the smaller rinks that we'd play in would be bigger than the average rink in North America, but some of them are huge too it's like i know last year when i first got to hungry i had like a really tough time like adjusting to the it just felt like so much skating but after a couple of games you kind of get used to like you just play in between the dots just like at home no no um that's that's funny just gonna, just, what do you find about the game on the big ice like is it is it physical or is it a little different than north america like what are your thoughts on just the general game itself I think it's I think it's more uh, like puck possession here. They hate like they hate like dump and chase. If you don't have something like turn back, give it back to your D, try to uh, come in like come into the zone with speed. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot less physical too. But for sure, the puck possession is the biggest the biggest difference for me. I think. Yeah, dumping the puck in, eh? Like like teams uh, are like, and chase. No, you dump a puck in and like. Guys are kind of rattled. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, we want that puck. We're, like, trying to get that puck, you know? Like, don't – because the ice is so big. When you dump it, it's so hard to get it back because the goalie come out – the goalies come out and they could all play the puck so well here that they they end up getting it back, like, more often than back home, I find. Oh, you can, like – especially those top three teams in our league are, like, there's, well, the winner goes to the Champions League every year, but you could play, like, four shifts and not even come close to touching the puck. You're just no. – like, yeah, like Grenoble and – Fuck, that must be yeah. hilarious. Grenoble um, close in this year, yeah. That NLB team you guys were talking about? No, NLA. Uh, they played the Flyers uh, last see. year and, like, tune up and beat them, that team from Switzerland. Yeah. So we basically beat the Flyers because we beat Grenoble twice. Grenoble beat Lausanne, and Lausanne beat Philly. So, so technically, you guys were playing in the NHL. Yeah. So that's actually <laughs> sick when you think about it. You guys are in the I show. Have high hopes for my contract next year. Fucking! I just sent him tape from that game. Uh, back to the physical. Like, there's a lot of stick work. It's like Roby's face took an absolute. <laughs> beating with sticks I, I i couldn't see for four days i got a stick in the eye it's actually kind of we, we were in rouen and it was like my second shift i think my first shift i had like a good shot and i was like oh this i, I think i'm feeling it today stick right in the eyeball buddy was like oh man are you okay i was like yeah dude i'm fine but i just can't see anything so i go to the dressing room and like the doctor comes in i was like bleeding pretty bad and he's like yeah like you're fine you just need a few stitches I was like, dude, I don't care about the stitches, but, like, I can't see shit out of my left eye. And he's like, no, no, and, like, you're fine. Like, just a few stitches, it's all good. It's like, dude, I know I need stitches, but I can't see a thing right now. 
he put like two or three stitches in my eye. I took them out like a week later with Roby and it looks like I have like two pimples on my eyelid. He did such a bad job stitching it up. <laughs> you did it right on site eh, in the room. Oh yeah. You kept took, him, took him three seconds. Yeah. yeah we had oh, forward. So I had no choice but to play with one eye. Oh, that's took awesome. <laughs> which, which eye was it? My left eye. Uh, put, put, just put you on the left wing then keep your right eye to the middle of the ice. Uh, we were down 4-2, I think, and my guy, like, got behind me, and there was a little pass, like, going back door, and I could see it. But when I went to look at the puck and, like, pick it off, there was just, like, a straight black line, and I completely just missed the puck, and buddy put it in the empty net. Oh, fuck, that's brutal. Well, man, I got to ask Robes, if Reg is taking abuse to the face, Reggie just touched on it a bit, when I played with Robes, I don't think I've ever seen a guy get hit in the face more. Like, every time that guy went on the ice, I think he got hit in the face by something. Uh, like, how, like, well, tell me your experience with the stick work, Robes. <laughs> I don't know if I made it through one game this year without a stick. Or practice. Or practice. Like, it was absurd. Like, they just don't care about their sticks here, I feel. But the one, we get a, what was that game on TV? Amion, yeah. Friday. It was like a Friday night game in France on TV, big <laughs> game. They get, end of the game, I make it through this whole game without a stick to the face. I'm like, good. We pull our goalie. I'm like going down on the D. You know, he's about to dump the puck, and he like misses the puck and just takes my face out. With his stick? Yeah. No. And like, yeah, I couldn't see anything, just blood everywhere. That one was tough. No call. No. Man, I'm no. sorry. I just got to laugh, dude, because, like, I can't reiterate this enough to the listeners. Like, the amount, the hundreds of skates I've had with robes, like, I've seen you get hit in the face hundreds of times. Like, it's your, – your face is a magnet, man. Like, I've man. seen nothing like it. Was there fights in this league? Uh, this year there was – it was uh, banned, like, COVID. But they, they banned it because of COVID? <laughs> Yeah, and you couldn't. You could only have five guys standing up on the bench. Everyone else had to sit down. We got a penalty actually this year. For so we had like, guys standing. Standing, yeah. And I was like, why would they have you guys separate on the bench? No, like everyone could sit side by side, but not more than five people could stand up, like by the boards. And that's a that's a COVID rule. Yeah. What the fuck does that do for COVID? <laughs> Yeah, we we couldn't we couldn't bring our glove dryers on the road, but we would travel like fourteen hours. You everyone, could, why can't you? Because that man, if there's one item that's gonna stop COVID nineteen, it's drying out a disgusting hockey glove that's just full of dirty jock sweat. So you yeah. weren't allowed to dry your mitts because that would that would COVID. I don't like I don't know what's they're scared that you're gonna put the hand germs into the air. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Mix them together or something. Yeah. I don't know. Wow, man, that's that's a new one. This is I like this. Um, when <laughs> that's just I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little taken aback by the, these COVID protocols. That's fucking unreal. Um, on the topic of serious hockey talk for another second, I got to ask both of you guys questions about uh, another viewpoint from the league. Roby, I mean, I'll ask you guys individually. I'll start with Robes. Robes, you played um in the East Coast League last year. And, you know, you've played in the Ontario League. You've played in the Quebec League. What, like, what was your, like, could do you think, like, a CIS team can compete in the Magnus League? Or, like, how big was the jump from school? How different was it from the East Coast League in your experience? Like, 
just touch on that. I guess the three levels you've played in the last three years. I think all three, all three leagues are so different. They all have their own, you know, strengths and weaknesses. I would say the, uh, well, CIS to start, because that's where I was first, was definitely like the roughest league. Like, do you remember we used to go on in CIS? Like, there'd be one ref on the ice. Like, oh, yeah, it was fucking wild. That was, that was definitely like the wildest, man. That league's tough. I don't think people give it enough credit. Well, it's um, hard to play against, too, with no fighting. Like, you just, all these guys. Yeah, there is fighting, and then there's not. It's funny. Yeah, that's the crazy part about it. You can do anything and get away with it. And then, uh, yeah, so that league was tough, I found. And then the uh, the East Coast, I thought, was a really good league. I got to play with some really good players, learn some cool things. But what's crazy about that league was, like, all the guys going up and down and stuff. But I really enjoyed my time there, learned a lot. Um, yeah, like, I think that's that, again, is a really underrated league. I mean, I can't imagine how good that league would be this year. It's going to be crazy. It must be just fucking jail yard league this year. I can imagine how good that is. Um, I mean, how how many teams is there this year? 12, 13? They started with 13. I think they added maybe less than a handful more later on. So I don't know the exact number, but it's running about like half the league is not active this year. That league's going to be amazing because every team, that's a thing, like even last year, like every team had so many amazing players, you know, that were there for one reason or another that could easily be in the American League. or, um, And then uh, France is like, France is weird because you have so, like there's so many good players with like, you have guys on so many teams that have NHL games. So, you know, you have you have guys from like everywhere in the world coming to one league. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like guys that have American League games, East Coast games, CIS, and you have guys from Finland, Russia. Like it's like, and it all comes into one. So you have so many styles of hockey. But I was again, I was surprised. Like, like like Colin said, I don't know if it's a year or what, but the league is like there was never an easy game. Every team's competitive. Like even. Even one team was like, uh, well, supposed to be a little weaker, I guess. Yeah. But every time we played them, they were competitive. They were a really good team. Like, so every every night we had to be, you know, it was a battle. So it was good. As I liked it a lot. Yeah, that's unreal. I mean, I just like hearing these, like, because you mean, you, and it's all fresh in your guys' memory. I mean, these last three years, you guys literally played in three different leagues each in the past three seasons. So. I'll go on and ask Reg a little bit about your experience because, you know, you finished off at Nipissing and then you played in the, I'm going to say it wrong, the Erst Liga. Um, <laughs> then you went over to the France, like the French League. Like, tell us a little bit about that and I guess how those leagues compare to one another and I guess your experience over the last three years making the transition to three different sweet spots. Yeah, uh, like CIS, same as Roby. Um, I think that's got to be one of the most underrated leagues. In Canada, if not, I mean, the world. I mean, the world's not that big for when it comes to hockey market outside of North America, but I take that back. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, the CIS is a crazy league. I mean, you know, too, Harry, there's – especially you have those teams like uh, Carleton, Ottawa, McGill, UQTR, Concordia. They're good every year, but – even teams that I guess are considered like lower level, like I guess us at NIP, but we still had, 
we had great talents like year in and year out. Like we were putting uh, we, together good teams there, man. We were putting together yeah, teams like, yeah. even like well, you had like your Moran, like Hargrave guys that were like had good major junior careers, but then we had a lot of guys also that came from CJHL who were also also had good CIS careers. So uh yeah, you just get a mix of like those guys from major junior and junior A. And again, like RMC didn't win a lot of games in our five years, but I don't think there was one game we played them that it was like easy. Those it wasn't a war. No, like uh I mean you can ask Brock Morrison that. He he didn't have any good memories in the Constantine Arena. <laughs> that might be the biggest shoebox in hockey history. The Constantine oh, yeah. Arena in in uh, that's RMC's rink in Kingston, Ontario, might be the biggest death trap. I think they have like 10, 10 feet of cement behind each board. I've seen more shoulders hit the roof there than any other arena in my life. But not to discredit you from that, go back to what you're saying. Move on. To, like, what was it? What was it like playing in that Earth League? Like, I'm so intrigued by that league. What? Where were you in that league? And what was the level of hockey like compared to coming out of school and then compared to your time in France too? So I was. Uh... I was like 30 minutes from Budapest, which is an unbelievable city, which is irrelevant to the hockey. But when I first signed there, honestly, like I don't like I don't know anything about Hungary, let alone the hockey in Hungary. So I was like, oh my god, just go there and get like three points a game, and you'll be able to go somewhere else. And I was in for like a really rude awakening when I got there, like the first two weeks. I was like man these kids are like talented and they can play and once you start playing like the top three or four teams in the league that year that I was there there was guys with like NHL AHL games there was a lot of there's a lot of good players like the top teams were really really good and then probably from like four to eight it dropped off a bit and then there was two teams that was more of like a development programs for Hungary, but I think just the way they ran things there, like development wise for the kids is like, I think they won the world. There's like world junior a world junior B or whatever, but they won the world juniors where they move up to like the division below the Canada, the team relegated yeah. go down there. Yeah. It's kind of confusing, but they're definitely making like leaps and bounds. I mean, all the kids are like benching like 225, squatting like outrageous amounts. They're like animals. And you watch them practice, and it's like, holy shit, this guy is sick. But it's just more uh, like learning the game. Like the hockey IQ for some of the Hungarian kids is a bit lower. But at the same time, there's a lot of kids there that they're really smart and they know the game really well and they love it. So I, it was like a really pleasant surprise. I think I had 14 Hungarians on my team and yeah, it was, it was really surprising actually to see how much they love the game and how good they actually get like month to month. That's funny. That Earth Liga, that's not just in Hungary, is it? No, there's uh, three teams in Romania. They usually have, I think the teams there have like really big budgets. So they're usually, they're usually very strong like every year now. Like the 
finals going on there now. It's two Romanian teams. So is that league – there's not like a – is there a second league to that league or is there a league above that? Like what's the Erst league? Is that involved with any other leagues that are well-known over in Europe? Um, there's – so we were an affiliate for the – it's the Ice HL now, but it was like the EBL or EBL. Yeah, the EBL. So it's called – that. okay, that's my question. So you guys were one below the EBL, I guess you call it? Was yeah, like we were an affiliate for them. So our team was – basically uh like a development program for that team so we had a lot of kids go out and play games with them but i went to a few of those games and holy shit man that that's a good league i practiced with them a few times and i was just like yeah it was mind blown so was there a chance you could have ever get a game up there too that year no no, they just kind of like. Yeah, no, the imports, like, I mean, we had Hungarian kids go out and do well, like, get a few goals. Like, I think maybe if I had a few games, I wouldn't be out of place. Like, maybe I'd play well. But when it comes to imports, like, all their imports have, like, high second round picks in the show, uh, have NHL games, or you see the odd guy who has, like, 100 points three years or oh in the O and then they go over but for the most part it's uh the, their imports are like top end top end guys so they wouldn't be calling me up unless they had three or four imports injured so that's the league that has that sick austrian team this like the red bull team yeah yeah, the team, yeah. Awesome. In, man it's like it, it's insane it's like an apartment on wheels fuck that's unreal what what was um do you think the French league was better than the Erste Liga? I got that question a lot this year, but like as a whole, yeah, like absolutely. But I think the like the, anyways, the year I played, I think the top two or three teams would have been like after the drop off of the top three, I think they would have been competitive from like six to ten in the Magnus League, but Again, it's hard to tell. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I think they would they would definitely be competitive. That's good. That's good. Well, so what do you guys think? Last, we'll we'll, we'll go to some off ice talk here pretty quick. But what are you guys thinking for next year? I mean, it's it's a little early to think. Do you guys think you're going back across the pond or back to France, or just going to kind of pan out your options and worry about working for a couple months? Uh I think. I think like uh, I think both of us are kind of in the same situation. We want to see what's going to happen with uh, COVID and see if it, you know, calms down a little bit. Uh, then in Europe, it's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more cases, and uh, it kind of restricted us a lot from like visiting. You know, when you're over there, one of the nice things to do is on your breaks, on the international breaks, you go out, you visit the countries around, and uh, this year we didn't get to do any of that. So I think. I'm going to sit around here and wait a little bit and see what happens with that. And then from there, just decide, uh, just weigh out the options, I guess. Absolutely. So I, I touched briefly on a little bit of your work, Roby, in the lead up to this episode. What's, um, what's the summer job look like for you, Reg? What, what do you do in the summer, bud? <laughs> Got it. I'll be out in the Atlantic Ocean uh, slinging lobsters. So yeah, you're a lobster fisherman, right? That's you've been doing that for how long now? 
Uh, oh God, eleven. Uh, like twelve, thirteen years. So do you, do you foresee yourself getting involved with that after hockey's over for long term, maybe? I honestly used to hate it when I was younger, but uh, the last few years, just fishing with my dad, it's, it's been like, I started to love it, and then we had a few chats, and I think the last two years, I just got a little bit more serious, like uh, hauling a couple traps myself and just kind of learning the ins and, out, ins and outs. And I think, uh, yeah, the last year, it's been kind of something that I've been really interested in, maybe taking that over one day. I mean, it's been in my family for before I was even a thought. So, I mean, I would love to keep the legacy going, absolutely. That's unreal. That's actually wicked. Well, I mean, we'll have, I was hoping one day we'll have to get an episode from out in the boat because uh, I just think that's hysterical. I mean, I love, I'm so intrigued by the fishing industry, so I love hearing about that. We'll have to have a fish episode one day. And then uh, we, won't be, we won't be long till Robes is out of quarantine and then me and him are back on the fucking roofs throwing shingles as far as the eye can see. Who knows where the <laughs> land, probably on the roof that we're doing though. Um, but now that we've kind of, we went through the ins and the outs, I feel like at the hockey side, do you guys want to talk a little about maybe some, some off ice fun? Yeah. Where do you want us to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, the three, I mean, I've, I was saying, I was thinking about this before we were going to do this episode. Like, I know for a fact that I played with Tyler Brown, who both of you played with at Nipissing as well. But me and my Nipissing time and in time in junior combined, I played five seasons with Tyler Brown. But then I played four seasons with you, both of you, and then Brock Morrison. So, the like, the four of you people are the only, like, the longest teammates I've ever had in my life and played sports for a long time. And, there's not many people I, I think off the top of my head, I was like, yeah, these are definitely the guys I've played with the longest. And especially this day and age, I don't think four years in a row with many people, unless it's at a university is fucking ever going to happen ever again. Um, what the fuck was I about to say? Um, I thought this was a hilarious stat. I'm just looking down at it right now. Robes, you are the all time games played leader for the Nipissing Lakers. You have 137 games played. Reggie, you have 136 games played for second all time. And then I am nestled in at six with 138. <laughs> so that's about the only stat that I could offer. But what was the other one I was looking at? Reggie, you're tied for most goals all time with 50 in Laker history. Not a big deal. And then Robes, you're what? You and you and Reg are both top five all time, I think. You are – yeah. Roby, you're third all time with 97 points in Lakers history. And Reggie, you are fourth with 90 – no. Robes has 97 and Colin has 93. That's fucking hilarious. But no, we could, we could talk about a lot of off ice stories because I've like, I've, that's what I was the point I was trying to fucking get at is that I've have more stories with you guys than probably anyone I could think of. We've done more dumb things in our lives than I could ever imagine, but let's focus on what do you have any good European stories from France this year? People love the off ice shit. What do you want? Like anything good to come off the top of your head? I know you guys were locked down a little more than you would have liked to have been, but you guys got to still have some funny shit. Yeah, I mean, most of them, like, are probably going to stay behind closed doors. But I before even Roby, I came because Roby is still working. I came, I think, two weeks before Robes. I was there, like, a week and a half. This kind of segues into, like, the, uh, the other story. Yeah. But, 
I went to lunch with Jerry, like the Finnish guy on my team. And I think we had a taco, which there's legitimately a burrito with fries in it, which is outrageous. But <laughs> we started walking home. and It was a Friday night. We had the weekend off. So we stopped in the grocery store and got like two six packs. It was a beautiful day. Like we're walking back to my apartment and I'm like, man, I feel super funny right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, oh, like, are you like, you sure you're going to be all right? I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like it's fine. And I'm like walking, walking. I start losing my vision and he like, he pointed up to a store and he's like, this is where we go to like get our insurance done and stuff. And I looked and I just took like two twitches and I just remember grabbing onto him. And then I woke up in the ambulance with like our coach trainer and him standing over me I was so shambled like I had I was scared going to France originally and then I'm there for a week and I wake up in the hospital (laughs) isn't even there yet I took like a full-blown seizure and I was in the hospital for like nine hours I think that day I got a bunch of tests on they kind of like didn't really know what happened so later that night I when I was leaving, the doctor was like, yeah, you have to get more tests on. So, like, you can't drive. You can't, like, practice. And me in my head, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like, it's the weekend. I'm just going to go blossom, see him with the guys. And then right as I'm leaving, he's like, no drinking either. And I was like, oh, man, like, fuck. So I went back and met up with the guys, but I couldn't drink. And Jerry was like, yeah, dude, you took, like, a full-out seizure. And I guess the cops were right there. <laughs> And they came over and, like, pinned me to the ground, like, knee on my chest, like, just absolutely manhandling me, trying to get me to chill out. But uh, my buddy was like, dude, he's taking a seizure right now. He can't chill out. So, yeah, that was was a good start in France. But it ended up kind of saving us down the road. And you can tell this story, (laughs) Roby. Wait, so after you took a seizure, you got tackled by a French policeman. Well, I was on the ground. I this is what I'm told from Jerry, which he he was so scared too. Like after the whole thing happened, but I guess after the seizure, I was like incoherent, and every time I like twitched, the cop like came over and like put his knee on my chest and like pinned me down and was like telling me to calm down. But like obviously, I was not aware of any of this going on. Yeah, and he just had me like a wrestler. Like he had me in the the angle lock, like telling me to chill out. That's just I, oh man, I couldn't like eat for a few days. Like my jaw was a mess, and my legs. And did they ever tell you what went, what was wrong? Like why you had a seizure? No, not really. It, they just they passed found, you back up and and threw you back out into the world. The, the the best part about the whole thing is they found like a few things on on the Friday. And then the weekend went by like nothing. And then Monday it was like, yeah, so you can practice and just like see what happens. So I was just like, so I put my gear on and I skate around. If I don't take a seizure, I'm fine. If I take another one, then like back to the hospital, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was an experience and not a good start to the year, but. I mean, you like go the- from there. Yeah, the story we're always going to tell. It actually, like, it paid dividends big time later on in the year. <laughs> Wait, when did we hear this one then? So, so, yeah, I don't, when was this, like, November? Yeah, like, we played a game yeah. that night, and then yeah, like, so, there was a curfew. Yeah, so, November, we kind of went on lockdown, 
again in France, and then they put down a six o'clock curfew. So if you're caught out after six, like you get a fine or whatever. So you don't get a ticket or. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we have a game that night. We go out to uh, some of our buddies. We go out for a few beers, talk about the game, play some cards. And what time was it, Reg? Like four a.m. Yeah, four in the morning. We're like, uh, we don't want to stay here. We're gonna bike home. And this is across town, like a, probably like a five k bike. I earlier that night, one of the guys spilled uh, their drinks on my shirt, so I didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> As we're leaving, I'd see Reggie at the fridge. I'm like, what's he doing over there? He's filling his bag with beers. We're biking. Right before we get home, this cop car, like, cuts us off in the middle of the street. They're like, <laughs> every door of this van whips open. Like, like SWAT. Yeah, like <laughs> SWAT. There's, like, six of them in there that jump out, like, surround us. Like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell's going on here? And then uh, they start talking French, like, really quick. And, like, you know, like I could speak French, but the French in France is different. So you don't, like, pick everything up. So I'm like, oh, man. Like, and I don't have a shirt on. It's November. We're <laughs> full bag. Like, we're biking. Like, we're kind of in one. So we're, like, trying to explain ourselves. And, like, they're not happy at this point. Then this cop out of nowhere recognizes Reg. He's like, wait you guys play for the scorpions We're like yeah he's like are you the guy that had a seizure earlier in the year reg is like yeah he's like i'm the one that saved you <laughs> no. so then we start talking about hockey for the next 20 minutes and then they just let us bike off go home they're like hey guys you guys just mind biking on the sidewalk for the rest of the ride like you know and they just let us go off like nothing ever happened it's the wildest thing i've ever seen <laughs> the best part though is like oh yeah he's like scorpions we're like oh shit and the guy's like yeah you i saved your life man like you're the guy that took the seizure and i'm like yeah you put me in an ankle lock but okay and roby's like yelling he tried to fucking suplex me when i was out yeah like roby's yelling at the cop he's like oh man he still talks about you to this day like he's so thankful you saved his life and the cop's like yeah yeah no problem man like you guys get home safe. No, the best part about that story is like when I, I'm like, Reg, we're fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I seen the cops coming at us, like speeding towards us. And I just looked at Reggie. I'm like, Reggie, man, we're so fucked. <laughs> like, just keep biking, man. Just keep biking. And they just cut us right off. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll never forget that. Reg, man, we're so fucked. <laughs> I look it's good. You, maybe it's a blessing you took that seizure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if it wasn't for that, I think we were in big trouble. You guys would be hanging from your ankles from the Eiffel Tower. French people are throwing <laughs> baguettes at your heads. Fuck, man, that's unreal. Um, what was like? What was the culture like? Like, are people like boozing all the time? Like, is it acceptable to have wine every single night as a hockey player over there? Like, what what's it like? Like, you guys just getting fucked up? Uh, yeah, it's like way too laid back there for like guys like us. Like. You go for lunch at, like, 12, like, outside on a nice day. And, like, you know, you have practice the next day. So, you're like, oh, I can't really get in one too much. Like, maybe have a beer. But literally everybody around, it doesn't matter if it's 11, like, 12, 9 a.m. Everyone's drinking, like, an Aperol. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, crushing beers, like, anything. Wine. Wine is huge there. So, it's, like, 
it's really hard to get away from actually but i mean you don't have to twist my arm that much you know that but yeah me and we got a little touch up like our first two weeks there it's like we got called in and it was like boys like you're on vacation right now like, you, you gotta get it you gotta get it together and I was like, like Your coach pulled you to it and said that yeah, it was like he's like he's like the greatest guy. Like he understands, but he's like you you gotta like it can't be every day. And we're like, no, like we agree. It's just the culture here. It's so hard, man. Like you you literally just walk around in the city. Like all the cities are kind of like there's no cars. It's just people walking and everyone's drinking. And you're like, well, I I have to have a drink now too. So yeah, it's hard to stay away from over there. I couldn't imagine. That'd be actually unreal. What'd you guys like? So, what'd you guys drink most over there than just wine and shit, or what? Uh, yeah, like a lot of the all the beers different, so you kind of yeah, the beers yeah. are really good over there. Well, I mean, it's good everywhere. It's just nice to try new things, but uh, like the everything, the wine's so cheap over there. That's uh that's like the biggest problem. Is I, it way better than the stuff you get around here? Well, I mean. Different. You get like a four euro bottle of wine there, which is like six Canadian, I guess. And it's like probably equivalent to like a $20 bottle back home. So you're- I, we, a few nights when we were having like nice dinners, we had dabble like more expensive, but like, I mean, we're not Somalias mm-hmm. by any means, but the, yeah, like you could definitely notice it was better, especially where you have like hundreds of bottles that you can get for less than five, six euros that are really, really good, all made in France. That's, oh man, that'd be, that'd be so fun. And then people still smoke a lot of darts in France, do they? Oh, buddy. <laughs> crazy, man. Oh my. Everyone, just everywhere. Like everyone smokes darts? Everyone. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like, would the guys in your team smoke darts? No. No. No? Like the players wouldn't, but like, like, it, like it's just totally normal, like, you see a yeah, good like, young girl walking on the road ripping a dart. It's not weird at all. No, like very young kids. I could be wrong by this. Like, I don't know if you think the same, but I think a lot more girls smoke there than oh, guys. For sure. It's more like, uh, yeah, more. it's more the girls than anything for sure. Really? And like young, yeah, like really young, like 14, 15 year old. Like you walking downtown, they're just smoking. <laughs> Living the fucking dream, the French dream. Yeah like uh at the restaurants too it's all like cafes there's just like tables outside of cafes like that's the thing like people could just smoke there while they're like having their coffee or having lunch like they just smoke everywhere man yeah you're gonna be eating dinner on like the terrace it's called just like outside and yeah the next year is just hacking a dart back you can't smoke indoors though can you out there uh, I don't think we didn't really get. Yeah, we didn't. Anywhere we, like when we got there, it was nice, so every meal was outside, and then when it was cold, it was on lockdown. So I guess yeah, you might not get the chance. But I, I don't know. I just find that's I just find that so intriguing to me. Like I mean, I think if it was a different time, I think I'd hate to admit it, but I'd probably got to imagine that I'd be a full time smoker if it was thirty years ago. Oh, bring it back to like fourth year, fifth year, Harpsy. We if we were living in like. France or Italy. Holy shit. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. Oh, man. We were ripping enough darts up there anyways already. I couldn't imagine going to France and needing an extra push to have a drag of a smoke. (laughs) You guys have any? Like, where the smoke's unreal or what? No, uh, I'm 
stayed away from that. That's those are those are days gone by, are they? For you? Yeah. <laughs> well, boys, I mean, what what else do we need to touch on here? I mean, like that's the problem with with the two of like the three of us, man. Like we could talk for sixteen hours and just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. The grocery stores in France is like it's the craziest thing. You go there, it's a comedy show. I don't know if we've ever gone without like seeing a fight because they're just so packed. Like, there's no sp- there's no space to move. Like, you go there, you're in for like if you just want to go in buy dinner for tonight, you're there for an hour. Just you got, everyone's got a battle to get their food, and there's almost a fight every day. So we would just go there, like if we were bored, and just watch people like get into massive arguments and stuff. And there's yeah, so much French people that are mad. It's so much funnier. Oh, so rattled. Well, they they don't move, right? Like if you're walking down the road and someone's in your line, like you're moving. They're not. Like I went, <laughs> I went to get chips and dip at Leclerc, the grocery store, one day this year, and I was in like a horrible mood. I had like social anxiety going. Like, I just had my headphones in, and there was these two girls that like their cart was blocking off the chips and dip, oh, no. and they were just talking. And I sat there for 15 minutes, like fuming i just i wouldn't say anything because i was i knew i'd absolutely flip i just stood there they just wouldn't move got my chips and dip you try to get down an aisle it's just like there's carts everywhere no one's moving you've seen a guy try to steal a 60 yeah it's like <laughs> it's man you're just you're, you're at the checkout and you look over and there's like wrestlemania 27 going on in the next checkout and like the poor cashier they're usually like 16 they're like Excuse me, sir. Can you not strike this guy with your bag of bread, please? <laughs> um, are, are French people generally nice people? <laughs> um, That's a loaded question, I guess. Like, yeah, like they're nice. It, there's like no in between. I guess it's like, um, anywhere. It's like especially nowadays, man. A lot of people are pissed off, probably, especially in France. All these lockdowns. I think they're nice. They're just like. And it might be like a language thing, but I think they're just like almost like dry, you know, like how they say things. Like, yeah. But they're really like I would say for most part, like I would say every guy on our team was really nice. Yeah, everyone we dealt with, yeah, like even was really nice. Even sure. like you have uh, like restaurants or the waiters oh, know yeah. you, and like the guys on our team, their girlfriends, like their friends, like they're all super polite and nice, but. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. I just yeah. you meet someone in the street, but. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. One day I get, the, get my old bones over to France, over to Europe. Never left Fair. North America, my, old, my, my young self. I know our neighbor, like our, uh, the people that lived in the apartment building with me and Roby, they were not big fans. They, <laughs> like, we came home one day and the girl oh, was the like. Boys? Yeah, she was like walking in at the same time and she started like. I'm really pissed off at you guys. And we're like, why? And I guess we were like too loud at 4.30 one night, which is totally acceptable for her to be mad. Because yeah. you guys lived right beside each other in apartments, didn't you? Yes. Like eight steps apart. So like, how like, did it happen with you two like ending up playing together? Like, Was it just like a kind of thing of chance? Or was one of you signed there and then one of you – because I, I kind of forget now. Obviously, it was last summer, but – like. Did you like what? One of you go there after you found out the other was signing there, or what was the story? Yeah, I guess uh, Reggie signed there pretty early, I think. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I forget, actually. Yeah, so Reggie signed there pretty early, and then uh, my my other linemate from PEI and roommate, uh, Louis Marcotte, he signed there after Colin did. And then uh, it just kind of went like that. Like, both those guys were there, and then uh, the coach ended up getting in touch with me for, uh, I guess, when was it, Harpsy August? And yeah, then, I remember it was yeah. late. Like it was, it was yeah. August because you were talking about playing in North America at one point. I remember. Yeah. So then it was like came August, and the coach called me. And it was like Colin Campbell and Louis Marcotte are both here. Like, um, like kind of would you like to come here with those guys? And I was like, yeah. What what a better opportunity to go for my first year in, in Europe? You know, it's like the thought of playing in Europe was always. Always seemed nice to me, but it was always kind of nerve wracking to go over there for my first year. So yeah, I just thought, what a what a better chance to go and experience my first year with guys I'd already know. And uh, I'm I'm thankful that I did because uh, we had a lot of fun this year, even though some things some things are a little tougher. But I think that's kind of everywhere. No doubt. I just think it's also just it's a great experience for that you guys both got to do it and know each other going in and at least have some familiarity going halfway across the globe to play hockey. That was awesome. That was fun. Yeah. Like, this year was, like, in all seriousness, very tough, like, mentally on a lot of guys, like myself included. Just COVID, like, being away from home. So, it was, it was like, well, Roby especially, just, we basically lived together just in two separate apartments. But it was, it was awesome just to have a good group of guys that, that you could go to the rink to and hang out with every day. So it was, it was kind of felt like being back at the NIP a bit, just me and Roby living together again. And I, that saved me like with my head completely, I think this year. I mean, if Roby didn't come, I think I probably would have been, I would have been back home, I think. So yeah, like Roby said, I was really grateful for that. That's unreal. That's unreal. I mean, not one last loaded question, but how long do you guys think you guys want to play for? You're talking about from this. How long do you guys see your guys selves trying to play? Oh man! Well, <laughs> I originally thought I was gonna shut her down last year just because I had uh, I had a woman, and I thought I was just ready to start my life. But that ship sailed. So I mean, right now I had a pretty good year this year, and I my thing is I don't want to look back and regret it. So hundred percent. I kind of just want to play until one year I'm like, you know what, man, like this is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore. And then that year call it quits. But at the same time, I mean, you never know like what could happen, like injury, anything, but I, I, I definitely like to play for a few more years now. Anyways. No rush. Might as well pan it out. See your options. What about you robes? What do you think? Yeah, I kind of, kind of the same idea. I definitely want to do another year or two just to get the full experience and uh, yeah, kind of just play till my body tells me I can't or um, especially after this year, you know, we didn't get many games in and it would just be nice to end on a good note, but yeah, um, more normal season. Yeah. Normal season. It'd be nice to have, you know, at least playoffs and stuff. But uh, I mean, every year it is getting a little tougher. Like, you know, we had a few, I don't know. I don't know if it's the big guys or just seeing like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're a little sore. 
yeah. don't know if that, I don't know if that's with age or playing less games, but so until until the day like of an injury or or we don't get a contract, I think I'd like to play for sure a few more years. Especially, I mean, you guys both make good money in the summers too. I don't think you're, you know, you guys are not like you're not self-sufficient. So, I mean, you guys are playing in leagues too that you're actually, you know, making enough to at least survive on for sure anyway. So fucking play as long as you can, man. As long as you want to play and your body says you can, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's more than hockey too. It's just I feel like every year you meet so many great people and it's like, you know, so, so many experiences of, of life. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you make every year you make so many friends that you'll have for the rest of your life, you know? I think it's also really sad to think about the potential of like, you know, like we take this for granted just being around a group of guys that you share interests with every day and you guys all are doing the same thing and you have the same schedule and you're seeing a big group of guys that you all want to be around once a day for like the whole day. Like that doesn't happen once you fucking quit hockey. Like forget what hockey is just like that camaraderie being around the boys. Like that's the biggest thing I find. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to give that up. Yeah, no, I think that's the hardest part. I don't like, of course the hockey is one thing, but I think, I think you nailed it right there. Like it's just the people that you're surrounded with all the time. And uh, I mean, how, how fun is it just to go to the rink every morning and have a coffee and talk about whatever or anything and get a workout in, go on the ice. Like, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that as long as, you know, you're not hurting doing it or mm-hmm. so as of right now, I still enjoy it. I think Colin still does. And, yeah. Like I, I think you just get the, like everything Roby just said to a T, but I think you get to learn so much too. I mean, especially over here, you meet so many people from like mm-hmm. so many countries. And experience is unreal. Yeah, guys that have been through a lot. You kind of – you just go in there with, like, the – you're not the smartest guy in the room. You just – you learn something every day from somebody anyways. And, like, the fact that the Finnish guy on my team speaks better English than I do, was uh, that was pretty insulting. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Like, man, you meet, you meet the most – fucking ridiculous people most ridiculous scenarios and especially if you guys you know you're getting cultured you're getting like a free tour of the world while getting to play play hockey so pretty fucking lucky boys i mean one thing i hate about zoom is like i'm recording this through zoom this interview and it doesn't tell you how long we've been going at it i feel like we've been fucking going at it for a healthy dose is there anything else you boys want to fucking talk about before we 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 get get off this thing because it's a roller coaster, man. We it's that steep, slippery slope. We get talking, we man. We might be talking here till three, four in the morning. Probably. Oh man, thank you, thank you for having us on, man. It's been fun. No, I just it's nice to talk to you both, and you know I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Robes. But Reg, fuck, man, I haven't seen you in a little while, and it's nice to catch up. And I hadn't really got a chance to talk to you, so just doing this pod was. Regardless of the episode, it was just nice to have a chance to fucking chat and see what you're up to and see where your head's at and whatnot. Yeah, like, I think uh, Roby and I both could probably do another two hours if we had another couple Caesars with us. But we'll definitely get back on at some point, maybe just talk about our time at school. And I yeah. mean, we'll finally get you guys back on at some point. And I'll be with Robes too, so... Man, we're going to have to – you have to come – too bad you weren't coming to – I mean, you had a quarantine. That's the problem with all this. And I tried to get him to come to Timmins for a few weeks. I know. He's, 
the problem is once he goes back home, he's got to quarantine for 14 days, and then he's got to get out fishing. But how fun would that have been? I know. It would have been – fuck. It's too bad because, like, you know, it's summer. It's, like, time to start working. But one of these days, man, we're going to plan a trip, and it's going to be legendary. Maybe if me and Roby go back to the same spot, I'll just fly up after fishing. We'll fly out together. Yeah, come come out for a week and skate out here or something. Go fishing? Yeah, I don't really <laughs> real fishing, man. I don't really have anyone to answer to now, so my schedule outside of fishing is usually wide open. Schedule is wide open. Well, fuck, gentlemen, this was an honor. This is episode number 35. We had a good conversation, and honestly, I think it'd be rude. I mean, there's so many things, like, as we're, like, you guys were talking to, I'm trying to think of other things to ask. I'm like, fuck, like, I could ask these stories from back in university, but that's just opening a whole other can of worms. So we'll have to have a, you know, a throwback to the stories that we weren't able to tell when I was hosting the Lake Show. And uh, we can tell them on here. Fuck, and tell whatever we want on here. So lots to talk about. We'll have to do that one day. But, boys, this was fun. This was awesome. Robes, I'll see you in a couple of days. And then, Reg, we'll be talking soon enough. And like I said, we'll, we'll definitely have to have both you guys back on. But thank you for being a part of episode number 35. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having us, Hops. See you soon, buddy. Wow. Not only intuitive, knowledgeable, but pretty gosh darn inspirational. Nice to hear from those two young gentlemen as they make their way home for their off-seasons, get ready to work, make a little bit of Moulin Rouge, as I like to call it. I mean, that I mean that is a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? That was fun. That was fun. It's always good to get some good guests. I believe I have the chance of getting some cool people in the very near future. So look forward to that. Won't, won't, won't touch on much of that other than what I just said. Um, but I also would like to take this time just to give a quick plug to another podcast I'm working on. It's called Chit Talk. Chit Talk. It's going to be a, a podcast all about the restaurant and bar industry. I am uh, co-hosting that along with some of my cohorts, former employers of mine, Steve Batani, Chef Steve Batani. He was, I think it was episode number 29. He was uh, the Bueno Appetito. I said that wrong. I'm not Italian. Uh, we're doing a pod with him and AJ Hollywood, DJ Jakeman, we like to call him, entertainer extraordinaire. So we're trying it out. Uh, not sure what's going to happen, but we're going for it. And um, me, a man of the microphone, I like to call myself, it's a great opportunity to get out there and get my yap moving, get better at the, at the craft, okay? That's all it is. Um, these two guys love to talk, though. It should be a good show. I know I've touched on it briefly in, in uh, past episodes, but uh, it is now available on iTunes. First episode is up. Second one will be out very soon. It is already recorded. And um, we won't be on Spotify till five episodes in. You need five episodes to be uploaded onto Spotify. So that'll be coming soon. We'll be adding that podcast to more platforms. But we don't want to take any more light away from the moment, which is now, which is the project. Um, I had a funny conversation with someone about tattoos the other day. Uh, because everyone has one. I personally don't. I have no tattoos on me. I plan on never getting one. I think that'll be my tattoo. By not ever getting one, that'll be the tattoo. Because a lot of people have them. A lot of people have terrible tattoos too. I have no problem pointing that out. I will never forget this tattoo. I will never forget it because it just still blows my mind. I think about it often. Uh, when I worked at the Boat North Bay, a place I talk often about, the place that Steve Batani owns, one of my co-hosts in that other podcast. Um, we, I'm not going to name names because I don't need to, but there was a young girl who was a hostess there. 
And uh, people who are listening to the show might know who are, are going to know exactly who I'm talking about. But I'm, I don't need to name names here. She was young. I, th- I want to say she was 15 or 16. She was like a runner. like She was like a hostess. You know, She sat people at their tables. She gave them menus, cleaned up. And you know, she worked hard. Great, good little worker. But she gets a tattoo at 16 years old. Meaning that you know the parents obviously had to sign off on it. And I hear she's getting a tattoo. And she comes in and she's all proud of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's it say? Comes in. She's 15 years old. And she gets her dead dog's name on her forearm. Like big too. Like, and it was like right across the whole arm. And it's like, okay, I understand. But like, she's 15 and she's got her childhood dog on her forearm. What are you going to, when you're, I, I don't know. I don't know. When I'm 75 and I look down, they're like, who the fuck is, who the fuck's name is that? And you have to say, oh, my childhood dog that was alive for 118th of my existence. Yeah, he meant a lot to me. We replaced him a week after though. So it wasn't that bad. Like, come, get real. Also, I, I, I don't know. I just don't know about the, the marking of the tattoos with, like, the dead. A lot of people do it. I don't know about it. I just, like, it, it seems to be a, a big thing people do. They make memoriams, and, and, and I see a lot of people do that. I just, that's not something that I ever wanted to do. I respect when tattoos have meaning like that and stuff like that. But a lot of people's don't. A lot of people's don't. They're just kind of thrown out there. And I just can't believe that I would make a decision right now that it would allow me to enjoy my tattoo 10 plus years from now. I think it'd be sweet to have a couple sleeves if I could commit to it for like three years. You better believe I'd be tatted to the tits. I'd probably have every orifice of my body tatted if I could commit to like a three-year thing. But I can't do the lifelong tattoo thing. No, not going to do it. I don't believe in it. And I think you'll see. Tattoos are going to get really popular here. But I think there's going to be some... There's going to be something about not having one. There's going to be something about it. So if you don't have one and you're thinking about getting it, maybe consider that. That not having a tattoo is the new tattoo. You know what I'm saying? You ever know what I'm saying, though? Because you got to have a really good sleeve, too. I like to know what... Like I like to look at it. I don't, I don't need to look at it and have to figure out what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Tattoos like that, you're looking at it and you're like, well, what the fuck is this? Is he just covered in nonsense or am I actually seeing something that's cool and I can, you know, kind of pick it out right away? Then again, I'm not a tattoo guy. Maybe I don't appreciate the art that other people do, but this is just what I'm saying. You got to, I mean, everyone's got something on them, I find. Everyone's got a little tattoo under the rib, under the arm, back of the knee, back of the head. I'm just saying, it's it's something you really got to think about. Something that you really got to think about because I want it to look good on you in years prior. So take, that's another thing. You got to take care of your body then. You got to take care of your skin. Moisturize. A lot of us are a little dry, looking a little ashy out there. We need to get some moisture on us. Okay? Folks, I had fun here. I'm not going to push any further here. We had a really good time. If you're new to the show because of this episode, thank you so much for joining us. I hope to see you soon. If you're part of my international listenership, thank you. Very surprised with some of the countries that are popping up around the and that are listening, I'm also uh, I'm happy to see that more people in American states are checking out the show. I'm spreading slowly across my North American counterparts. Um, I'm, I'm getting my way across Canada. I'd like to get a little bit higher listenerships in certain regions, but uh, it's great to know that there's a, you know, there are some people listening. We are an absolute unified group here of um, just, we're just, what are we going to call ourselves? We're just a group of like-minded people just, you know, putting our best foot forward and we're going to do that by combined community through the airwaves brought to you by the project folks thank you so much please do me a favor 
give me a little rating on iTunes and stuff like that. I hate asking for that shit. Holy, come on. Come on, stop texting me. Like, it's funny that people... A show of this stature and someone would have the gall to text message me in the middle of its production. It's unbelievable. It's insane, really. But folks, I need a little need a little help from you, okay? If that means maybe make sure you like the stuff on social media. Give me a share if you feel crazy. But uh, if you can, give me a rating on, you know, Apple and wherever else you can. Because that stuff, like, really helps the show get going. And I don't put any money into this thing. I can barely get an Instagram post up that's legible. So it's hard to promote a show. I need a little bit of help from you, the viewer. Thank you so much. And feel free to reach out. I really appreciate when you reach out. Just even if you just mention something like, hey, the show sucked. You're an idiot. I appreciate that too. Because I got to know. Okay? Thank you so much, folks. This is number 35. Tony Esposito. The Kevin Durant episode. We had a good time here. This one's going to be called Leg de Magnus. We had a really good time. Good look into European hockey. And we're going to have some more exciting guests for you in the near future. Thank you so much, folks. This is episode 35 of the project. This is Hopsy. And this is me signing out. Bye now.